Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Collective. I'm your host, James Hicks from Hicks New Media. And this show is where we focus on people, platforms and tools that are making positive strides within the technology sector. My guest today is Mr. Walter Gaynor II. Walter is the founder and creative director at Boss Locks Media, where he is focused on creating spaces and implementing solutions to help businesses and individuals pursue new growth. He's based in Atlanta. Walter has held a number of positions in digital media, content creation, production and marketing, and now with Boss Locks Media, one of his goals is to ensure creators properly align themselves with their ideal audience to their content delivery. We're going to get in it today, folks. So sit back. If you got any questions, you know the routine. Put a cue in front of it. Next thing on the screen will be Mr. Walter Gaynor a second. Ladies and gentlemen, Walter Gain in a second. How you doing, hey, man? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day out. Actually, it's kind of raining here, but I'm feeling just good vibes everywhere today. Okay, Not, nothing wrong with that. Is it, well, hot Atlanta, right? So it, it's always it's a little, little warm, so it's, it's okay oh, to yes. get get a little little, little raindrops on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Listen, man, first and foremost, I appreciate you for, for taking some time. Right, to come and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. This is a relevant conversation. And again, kind of as we were talking ahead of, ahead of the stream, we I like to get above the line, above the noise, and really have, at times, maybe that awkward conversation. Right, to talk about things that can move the needle and, and topics that can be relevant to the community. I see some folks chiming in already. Listen, we got Mr. Alec Johnson chiming <clears> in <throat> from the future. Man is coming in from Thailand. So it's, already, what, it's, it's Friday already for him. So good to see you here, sir. Uh, Gabe is in the building. Pleasure to have you here, sir, as well. I tell you what, before we get into it, I always like folks to kind of give their, their origin story, like tell mm-hmm. us and tell the community who it is that you are and what is it that you do. And if you don't mind, you can take that time right now, Walter. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say you're here for awkward conversations because my journey here has been awkward. It's been, uh, uncomfortable and full of insecurities. So, I started this company because um, I had questions about how to get a job, how to navigate my career as a black man and as with Lux. You know, I've had my Lux since like 07, 08, one of the two. Um, but yeah, always got a lot of compliments and praises for it um, throughout my life. When I was getting ready to graduate, those conversations, they changed from, uh, oh, your locks are amazing to, yeah, you know, it's time to cut it if you want to get a good job. And I was like, uh, I understand what you're saying, but no, that's not happening. Not for me. I understand um, there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of negative um, or associate locks with something very negative, uh, behaviors to lifestyles, et cetera. I understand that companies can choose to hire or not hire literally just because of their locks. That's still a thing, too. Crownex is out here doing a lot of work, but still not there federally. But um, yeah, so going through all of this, I knew I didn't want to cut them. I knew once I got a job, I'd be good, but I just didn't know how to get started. So 
this whole journey started from me wanting to ask people questions about their journey, specifically people with Lux who are leaders, CEOs, or just thriving in their career. So um, after a few conversations, I was strongly encouraged to record them. And I was like, okay, let me try this thing called a podcast. After a few years, was able to actually put it out. And then that's really just snowballed into all these other opportunities. Um, the chance to create with LinkedIn during their LinkedIn creator program. And uh, just continue to host conversations with people who've experienced things and share their knowledge with people still on the come up. Mm. Uh, host conversations with people rising and just, just build that bridge so there's no longer that divide. I love that. I love that. And I appreciate you for going kind of in depth with that. And congratulations on that collaboration with LinkedIn. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, let's go ahead and pause a little bit. Let, let, let's backtrack a little bit and, and talk about some of those situations and some of those instances where, again, you walked into a corporate environment where you looked different than, I'm going to say the status quo, then you looked different than kind of what someone expected you to look, uh, mm-hmm. but yet to still your resume and your skill set and your history show that, listen, I can do the job. Don't, don't worry about uh, how my hair looks today. Don't, don't worry about right. if I'm wearing, you know, if I'm wearing Timberlands or what I'm wearing. Don't, don't worry about that external person. Mm-hmm. Worry about what I can bring to the table and, and the merit and my abilities. Talk to me about how you dealt with some of those situations initially and how you may have changed and how you deal with those situations now, now, now that you've got experience in the game. That's Come on now, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get. We don't. Yes. I don't mess around. We're gonna get into it, man. Yes, yes, um, yes. I'm. I'm someone who. Um, that's such a good question because uh, if you just like put the question out, what do you do when you face these situations? Mm-hmm. It's like people like, oh yeah, tell them no, not not at all. Like all of these, like you stand strong and everything, which is good advice, but it's not always easy for everyone. I'm someone who. Uh, was uh, in these professional environments non-confrontational. So if someone wants to, you know, touch my hair or something, I'll find ways to get around it. But for the most part, I'm just kind of sitting there, just trying to get by, survive, and all that. So my first experience that I can recall was working at Jimmy John's, serving mm-hmm. the subs, super freaky fast. They don't play; they're really fast. Um, and I was hired, of course, while already having locks. Uh, managers loved that they were fine, but every time the corporate inspector would come, they'd ask me, just wait a minute, just like, don't come in just yet, or they'd kind of reschedule me around. Wow. Uh, one time they didn't catch it, you know, I was there working, and I did a good job, but when they got their final grading back, there were points knocked off for dress code and appearance. And so they didn't quite fire me, and at the time I thought they were looking out, but really they were kind of just like hiding me, like hiding that that, that child that nobody likes or something like that. Um Moving forward in different experiences, I've had people ask, like, I mean, how important are the locks to you? Are you cool with cutting them? And I'll just be like, I'll just tell them what they needed to hear because I was trying to get the job. Right. Uh, so like, oh, yeah, it's just hair. It's just hair. But even all these times, I knew it was like more than that. And I didn't always know how to communicate that either. So um, in other types of settings, I, I just started to realize that people are very slick. They're very smooth. They don't always say outright that, yeah, your hair is a problem. They just won't hire you. And um you know, as a black person, there's all sorts of reasons why that could be. It could be the hair, it could just be that I'm black. It could be uh, didn't come from this specific environment. Yeah. So there's all these different uh, scenarios and 
people have learned to be kind of speaking coded language, not bring something up. So it's not always easy to tell um, how people feel. I know one instance that happened maybe like four years ago or three years ago, right before the pandemic, I was interviewing for a position with a um, uh, with a large hotel. It was a uh, like a consulting type of position. Phone interview, amazing. I crushed it. They were excited to meet with me. Yeah. Um, they had to reschedule the in-person one a few times, but when they finally met me, um, interview was great. He didn't give me a lot of time for questions. And afterwards, the feedback I got was like, yeah, Walter just wasn't the same person I met as I uh, wow. spoke to on the phone. So it's like sometimes I feel like people don't even know mm-hmm. what it is they don't like. It's just the subconscious feeling of discomfort or um, just no desire to have you around yeah so, so let, let me ask mm-hmm. you this because i want to i want to i want to pick at this scab a little bit man so yeah, how, how long ago was that initial situation right where you, you said don't worry about the hair you know it it, it I, can, I can cut it uh it, it i just I, was, I need the job i want the job again you know was that last that was year? high school okay so that so a handful of years ago okay yes yeah, so that was uh some of the early moments of uh having these conversations about hair in these professional settings. Right. And and now how how do you get, how, how do you, those situations, how do those conversations, um, how do they end up, right? Because again, there's been more and more dialogue about awareness, more and more dialogue mm-hmm. about efficacy, more and more dialogue about respect of individualism, things of that nature and, and cultural awareness. Let, let me say that as well. And mm-hmm. I, I, I almost want to say that Corporate America is trying. They're not there yet. We, we, we still need to have this dialogue about, you know, why it matters and why the way I look today, if I want to cut all of my hair off, if I want to grow my hair naturally, why that matters to me as an individual and as a, as, as a cultural representation. Have you started coaching organizations about don't worry about what I look at, but understand what it is that I do and who it is that I am. This is just a, a piece of me, and this speaks to something that's innate to me. Innate to me. Have you been part of having that dialogue with organizations to as to why that matters? Why it matters that you have locks? Um, I personally haven't had this conversation with corporate uh, corporations, but mostly with community because I think that. Um, I will agree people are learning people are starting Mm. to understand a bit more but what's more important uh to me personally than like a corporation being comfortable is like first making sure that we feel comfortable there you that was a leading question by the day okay i didn't even see it that was good that was was a leading question okay you 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 good there it is um yeah because uh, like you see now i've seen in the past two years and like each year there's more people more Mm -hmm. people posting the pictures like yeah i finally wore my natural hair at work mostly women like women are just stepping out and just like not even they're they're not even asking they're just pulling up like yeah this is me yes this is me do you have a problem with it and some people do have a problem with it but um the crown act that i mentioned earlier a uh, bill that's being passed state by state it's there to literally protect uh people from hair discrimination and I actually got to interview someone who, like, first time when it was passed in California uh, that year, that same year, I got to have someone on my show. And he, he wasn't able to speak too much on it, but he was using the Crown Act as a, okay. as a defense because he was experiencing hair discrimination. So people are starting to feel more like themselves, being okay with stepping out, 
speaking freely about it and companies are kind of um, understanding what this new world is like starting to learn more about the culture a lot of people are getting it um but you know there's always there's always room for growth always room. I, I like that always room for growth let me give a shout out here to another man from across the pond Rich Vibes, what's up to you? DJ Rich Vibes coming all the way from the UK. Appreciate you for joining us, sir. Folks, if you got any questions for myself or, or for Walter, please put a cue in front of it so I can get those queued up and we can have that that dialogue. Um, let's talk a little bit about your your involvement with LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just how that came about and, and being part of the Creator Accelerator program and the value that you've been able to bring to that program and some, some swag, some different flavor and some, maybe again, some different conversations that you've probably been able to have within that, those groups and those meetings, right? Uh, talk a little mm -hmm. bit about what that has done for you within the last uh, bit of time since you've been part of that. Oh, yeah, that's been, um, that's been transformational. Just um, my understanding of like where we are as a society, to be honest. So it's been really unique. So I um, started my show, launched it 2020. Always knew that I wanted to have a presence on LinkedIn, but uh, like I mentioned before, this journey has been with a lot of uh, insecurities and kind of unknowns. And LinkedIn was a place where I'm like, ah, I mean, everyone knows it as this professional place. You have to look this part. It's like almost my, my perception was is that it's full of all the stiff people, uh, all the people who are still learning about uh, just like <laughs> accepting black people. Um, you can take that, you want to take it. But um, so I, I never really put all of my content on that platform, but I still applied to that program. because I was like, I mean, I just feel like there's a really cool opportunity, a really cool opportunity to meet with or connect with all these different black people in all these different professional settings and host these conversations, shed light on the barriers that we really experience. Um, get different leaders to uh, talk about their journey through career growth and how to uh, what to do and you don't feel like you belong in an organization you know people talk about quiet quitting and all this stuff I was like I know these conversations are needed and we need to have them specifically around the black experience so when I first joined or got accepted I was I was excited I was really excited it was an opportunity to create three months straight on LinkedIn and um, just created on a bigger stage. So um, I was I was really shocked about how one receptive everyone was. And then um, then also really shocked by just how um, how would I say it? So shocked by how receptive everybody was. But then also I started to realize like, oh, okay, people are actually very bold on LinkedIn, a place where they have mm -hmm. all of their, uh, mm -hmm. all their professional information. They'll go out and say, like literally say racist things in the comments right, and stuff like right. that. And some people get fired actually, but they still do it anyway. So like, there's a lot of people like uh, Elizabeth Leba, Madison Butler, people who just speak even more boldly than I, just really calling out things like daily and long posts and putting out all this information. So for me, it was like, okay, cool. Like they're doing that. I could support them and also bring this other conversation too. So there's like different types of conversations, different uh, ways to consume it all around just improving um, or supporting the black experience. So it was exciting. It was um, an opportunity for me to see as well, just like what, what all is out there for a creative like what it means to really create content and how to leverage it for the next opportunity. I like I like that statement you just said, what it means to be a creative and the fact that you were somewhat 
surprised by the reception of the content yes. that you're putting out. All right. I say this a lot of times. A lot of folks are hesitant, nervous, or apprehensive to actually chime in, maybe like during a live stream or uh, mm-hmm. someone that they subscribe to, but they've got those same ideals. They've got those same types of questions. They're nervous to ask them for whatever reason. Who knows, right? They're, they're either looking mm-hmm. for guidance, they're looking for a champion, right? They're, they're looking for someone else to have that courage and that, that nerve to get out and, and, as I said again, have those awkward conversations. So uh, let me give you these flowers, man. Shouts out to you for, again, being that person that's willing to kick down some doors and say, we need to have this particular conversation about this particular subject matter in this particular environment, right? The, the professional mm-hmm. environments as well. Not, not just out there on the corner, not just on the street, not just at the YMCA, but you know what, in those corporate conference rooms as well, we need to have those efficacy conversations. We need to have those uh, compassionate conversations about folks and their cultural brings and how they want to uh, represent themselves in the, in, in the uh, professional setting. So uh, mm-hmm. now is that still something that you're in, involved in or has that tenure already? In- um, so the program itself was a three-month program, technically mm-hmm. specifically. So technically over, but um, they're still LinkedIn's an interesting place. <clears throat> they have um, official programs, but they they really build relationships. Just from what I see, like people who applied to get in the program didn't make it. There was still some opportunity for them to work with LinkedIn. So okay. um, yeah, so I'm technically like an alumni, but still work with them. Um, here and there, just depending on what the opportunity is. So, um, yeah, I'm about to bring back basically season two of the live show. And now that I know people are receptive, it's like, all right, let's go all the way there. Let's let's really let's really it. go in. So I I yeah. love it. I lo- now, all right, now I want to kind of get into some more meat and potatoes in terms of yeah. the discussion around t- today, right? And kind of more locked in on on the topic. You, you were having a conversation not too long ago, and the, the, the statement that you made, and I want to say this verbatim and in quotes here, uh, the podcast industry is not slowing down, and as black podcasters <clears throat> and audio professionals, we have an, a unique opportunity to create our own table. Let's talk about what that means, when, what that means to you as you spoke that into existence, and let's talk about... Um, what some of those opportunities are, right? We, we, we like to, we as a society like to know things in threes or, or, or know things in, in fours, right? What are some steps or what are some best practices that you can give to creators that you can give to black creators specifically about not just finding a seat at the table, but you know what, here we are, we're going to build our own table to, to, to bring content and bring, uh, stories to 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 the marketplace so let's talk a little bit about that again the, the overall statement and what it means for us yeah <clears throat> it's a it's kind of multi-layered it's a nice little onion of a uh, concept of peel back <laughs> so podcasting um it's something that's just taken off right uh five years ago remember when i mentioned i was going to start a podcast and really make it something people like, I'm like okay it's a podcast. Cool. It's like yeah. podcast is not taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> now we have creators getting million dollar checks to essentially host conversations online. Um, so that's just one just big picture. Like there's a lot of money there, but then also just the medium is growing. There's a 
more companies coming out, production companies, a lot of bigger production companies focus on film and TV. They're investing in the podcasting. Um, B2B companies that you wouldn't expect to do anything in media are mm. adopting podcasts into their marketing strategy to help them with their marketing goals. Like there's a company that uh, their podcast became their number one marketing asset to help them grow their subscription. So from the media standpoint, from businesses, there's so many opportunities there. I've also seen so many um, creatives, like people who are even close to homelessness use podcasting to just change their life completely. They're now an influencer on this like uh, specific social media platform and they're just continuing to grow. They're able to just dig deeper into the conversations they want to have. Um, podcasting literally gives you the opportunity to show off your skills, um, make a name for yourself, build your personal brand, get people's attention, and also align you with this particular uh, concept topics. Like I'm someone who's not a natural hair specialist as far as like a, like a loptician or anything like that, but I'm in a lot of conversations about natural hair, just a few hosting conversations about it. Um, and then the last part is as far as creating opportunities, um, we're in this place right now, like I said before, a lot of people are receptive to um, the the black experience. And that's, um, that's cool, but more importantly, it just shows me that people are ready to finally listen and take action, learn how to take action. Um, and I'm of the belief that, yes, yeah, cool to get invited, but I'd much rather build something that I can make sure it's going in the right direction. It's not even fully about ownership for me, but just more so of uh, having autonomy and not being misled. And I think this this path that we're on, a lot of different black creators are on or just continue to build our own organizations, our own system, so that when we do have this table, we could actually have more of a negotiation and not ask for things. So, um, okay. yeah. Let, let me ask this. So you, you say folks are more interested in, in, the, in the black conversation. And do, do you think that do you think that that's real or do you, do you or do you think that that's just out of curiosity? Because now we live in a socially aware environment where everything that happens on the street, we so, look, we've got these thousand dollar phones in our pocket and, and mm -hmm. they take 4K video right, right, at, you know, right, right in the moment. And we can share that with uh, a global audience. Now folks are starting to see realities that many of us have talked about for decades and they know it's true, right? It, the, the mm -hmm. injustices that are happening from all levels and, and just the fact that now good folks on all sides, all shades, all colors and things of that nature are seeing and saying, you know what, this is wrong. And we yeah. should probably listen to, to these folks of, of what they've been saying. So do, do you feel that this, it is it is genuine that folks are curious and interested about the black experience? Or do you think that it's just a passing? I, I hate I don't even like I don't even want to use the word fad, but it's just it's just a passing mm -hmm. season. Right. Because there's so much <clears throat> negativity and so many so many items that are happening from a, from a daily perspective right now in the news and things like that. You, can, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think it's a D all the above, you know, mm. we have uh, different people at different stages, you know, someone once uh, shared with me that they were talking about like the kind of the phases involved in just understanding kind of where we are as a society. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same with marketing too. It's almost like we're in this like proof of concept stage. 
some people are a little ahead of that. Some people believe that, oh yeah, there's a problem with racism, but they don't actually understand the the real implica implications of that and how they're involved in, uh, you know, supporting these uh, systems that just let racism thrive. Um, so everyone's at a different place in understanding. I think generally a lot of people do want to make a difference. They just don't actually know what that means or they're doing it for selfish reasons. But there are quite a few people who are truly, truly like deep down, they're like, no, nah, this is this is messed up. I think that wasn't mm -hmm. the case before George Floyd. Mm -hmm. and that surprised me. Summer 2020 was very shocking. Um, of course, of course, for for a lot of a reasons. lot of people out there doing the fa doing the fads because it definitely was that black square is like yeah, I post that on. black square. Like, that, that's what I'm leaning into, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So I think that um, regardless of people's intentions, because I don't think everyone has the best intentions. Um, don't believe that at all. I think some people do, but regardless, um, we've we've captured people's attention, and whether they want to or not, they can't look away anymore they cannot accept it mm -hmm. they cannot okay. really support it but mm -hmm. to say that they don't know what's happening is like true intentional ignorance so so who are you who are you trying to reach right are, are you trying to reach the folks that get it and the folks who want to help or are mm -hmm. you trying to reach the folks who need some additional coaching need some additional insight need to have maybe that awkward conversation and, and maybe slang a few curse words back and forth and until they don't have to get it and they, they, they don't they just have to respect you right they just have to yeah. have to have that dialogue back and forth are, are you trying to have conversations with one of those two audiences or are you more locked in and focused on again the black creator and making sure that that they spread their message, have the platforms to spread their message, build up their environments, build up their business. And and there's nothing wrong with with either of those, right? I just oh just want to make sure that folks kind of understand where uh, Boss Locks Media is coming from. So when when your show goes live again for season two, we know what we're tuning into when, when we see Absolutely. it on online. Right, you gotta know. <laughs> I, 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 I just, yeah, I just yeah, gave you a whole know. season of content right there, right? You, you, you can right? talk to the haters, the naysayers, the the squad, yeah. and, then, and then family. So. I don't know if you're tuning into Dr. Umar's show or not. Um, yeah, so for um, it's kind of evolved over the years. Um, when I first started, the goal was to um, prove that natural hair and professionalism do coexist. And I was really focused on things like redefining professionalism, but it was all about providing a perspective mm -hmm. and that's still the goal providing a perspective and then people could choose what they want to do with it um i personally have no desire to go back and forth with people who don't want to get it come on um, i'm okay with helping people understand it but it's like i gotta know what your intentions are and you gotta choose this because there's a lot of other people who need support so my mm -hmm. goal is always supporting black people um, creating spaces for them to learn and grow and connect with people. And um, what I've learned over the years is that, um, it's, you know what, it's like that movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. I watched it, I knew who Fred Hampton was, uh, but didn't realize just exactly who yeah. he was. And there was that scene where he stepped into that church the the kkk meeting yeah and next thing you know he's like stand, like they're standing together that was eye-opening and i always knew that to truly reach this 
world of equality that we that that I want is like it's going to involve everybody. So my intention is always black people. I know that other people who aren't black want to learn and they're paying attention whether I want them to or not. But um, now I make sure that it's uh, educational kind of for all, but it's it's kind of interesting because when, when you do something for black people, like a lot of people can learn from it anyway. So it's not like I have to create something separately for anyone else. Say that it's again. That, you know what? Say, say that again, because, because there, there, there's truth in what you just said right there. You, you, I'm not even going to interject. Say that one more time. Yeah. When you create something for black people, everyone else learns from it. They benefit mm. from it. And that's true with all these laws, like the crown act, for example, I mentioned that a few times. A black woman uh, created a sign, they put it into law, all that stuff. Um, I mean, it's also, but it's folks for black women, but the bill itself, it helps anyone who's experiencing hair discrimination. Things that um, affect us at all different levels when it's approved and when we're no longer facing like just all these problems, it helps everyone. Police brutality, it helps everyone. Um, just things that just happen when you're broke, <laughs> when, when we like solve some of that, it just helps everybody. So um, it's kind of funny people are often afraid of losing what they have or what they think they have, but they don't realize just how much they'll gain if everyone's winning for real. So, wow. yeah, I focus on helping black people because a lot of people will learn from that. Conversations about belonging is specific to the black experience, but someone who's white could learn from that. Um, you know, it's interesting, something I learned or heard recently, someone was sharing about... Um, um, well, his culture, he was sharing that he's um, not, not necessarily impressed, but he just loves seeing um, how strong the black community goes for advocacy. He's saying and yes. he feels like in his culture that we're not as outspoken and everything. And there's reasons behind everyone. Everyone had every culture has their uh, growth trajectory, how they came into this country and what mm -hmm. that means, what it really means to speak out. So um, it's different for everybody. Everyone has challenges, but it's like, okay, he's able to swatch and see, okay, how can I make this work for my own community? So it's just like so many different layers of how supporting one group can help other people. Love that. That is the gem right there. The ladies and gentlemen, Walter Gaynor II is dropped right there. You can be locked in and focused on a subset, but it definitely benefits the society, the macro society as a whole. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me let me ask you about this, and this could be controversial. Oh, one go 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 ahead now. Come on now. Um, in an early episode of my show, I had someone on who was a loctician. He called himself actually a self esteem specialist. Um, but he shared, and this has stuck with me for years. He was like, everyone has a role to play. He kept saying that throughout the episode, and that sticks with me. So like when you ask, who am I helping? I'm very, very, very comfortable helping who I'm helping because I know that's my role. There's other people who I know who are oh, are directed towards the people who just are resistant to change, to embracing Black people. And they do it really well. They know exactly how to go back and forth with people. And whether it works or not, I don't know, but it'll help somebody else. So I know that's like, they got that. That's their role. I've learned what my role is. And it's like, we could all go at things a different way, talk about different things and tackle different issues because it all supports this ecosystem that we're trying to build. It's uh, kind of the, uh, you can't boil the ocean. 
right <laughs> right you, you can't <laughs> i've heard that before yeah you know yeah. I, I was you know i talk about that a lot of times when i do uh, corporate presentations and you can't try to boil the ocean where you, you can't do everything for everyone all the time mm-hmm. right you got you kind of got to that's really one of the reasons why focused is my mantra for the year right stay focused on you right you, you got to do what you can do within your sphere of, of influence and hopefully mm-hmm. that goodness will resonate will and and mushroom out and and bloom out into folks around you and they can start spreading goodness as well so starting with you right you literally you can start with yourself um my old boss steve Jobs said you know we're just here to make a dent in the universe right if i can make my own dent in the universe by what not boiling i'm using all these these adjectives and all these these sayings and i don't i don't know what i'm doing yeah we can connect them together they'll lead to they all all connect together right so without boiling the ocean trying to put my own dent in the universe we can do what we can to that sphere of influence and let that resonate out so if the folks that are watching us and they're commenting thus far you know if the alex of the world the gabe of the world the riches and the robs of the world can just see the goodness and see the the work that Walter Gainer II is doing within his community and within the folks that follow follow his his messages, they can take something from that as well and say, you know what, what he's doing makes sense. Let me grab a piece of that. Let me learn, not necessarily emulate, but and not necessarily copy, but let me see if I can do some good within the folks who listen to me that, that are in my community, that are in my cohorts and discords and things of that nature. And And really, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it'll be a much better place. At the end of the day, it'll be a much better place. Uh, I was going to ask, and, and I started it out by saying it's kind of a controversial thing, but uh, and, and let's talk about it. Uh, you said black folks are really good at advocacy, and I and I agree with that. How have you seen collaboration, though? Are you are you are you seeing some cohesion when it comes to collaboration or are you are you seeing in the messages that you're looking to push forward not just look that you are pushing forward are you seeing the the other folks picking up your phone and calling you and say Walter let's work together on this let's 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 band and join arms and, and do that march and go to the city council meeting and let's go to the state capitol. Let's have this discussion together as opposed to you you out there trying to do all this stuff. We cheering for you, but we, you know, we, we'll, we'll just, we'll support from the back. Are, are you seeing collaboration from your area, your, your neck of the woods in, in, in the Atlanta area, things of that nature or, or what? Yes, I am seeing a lot of it, almost overwhelming. I can only speak to so many people yeah. <laughs> at once. Um, you know, that's interesting, though, because, uh, you know, most of my life I always heard, like, you know, black people just can't work together. We just work together. We can mm-hmm. so much farther. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I come from a very uh, collaborative background. I grew up playing soccer, and in soccer, you know, you could try to take on the whole team, but you're not going to get very far. You need everybody yeah. on that team to work together. So uh, I think I actually approach everything with a collaborative mindset. So I mean, you're gonna work. It's it's gonna have to be collaborative because I'm reaching out to you to invite you to be a part of this. So um, yes, but that was another thing as far as reception. I think um, like I mentioned before, dealing with uh, um, imposter syndrome and things like that, mm-hmm. kind of being in a separate role. When I stepped out in the LinkedIn, I was really shocked by how many people were not only receptive to the conversation, receptive to the style, but also like, yo, whoa, I love this. Yes, let's let's do this. Let's do this some more. So um, 
yeah, I think this is like a, a once again, podcasting. Um, heavy into this world and that's one thing I love about the black podcast community like there's different circles but everyone's open to working with each other and it's really beautiful it's really beautiful because that's um I, I think that when you have that community you could really be your best self and you can really have that larger impact that's kind of greater than you as well because it's like we're all going about things in a different way. Like everyone has different goals, but we're aware of each other. We know yeah. where people are. So we look at like, Hey, that's a good look for you. Go, go after that. Or I'll support you with this project. Um, earlier this year, last month, basically took play, took part in a black writers weekend. I was, um, I was there for 2021, but had a larger role, uh, this past year. And I led the podcast studio, got to speak a few times, but, one of the best things about it was just the community there. Like everyone was there to truly support everyone. It was a literary festival and uh, there are people who went, came to learn, people who came there to share, but people who came there to share and teach, they, they hung out. They were still around. They were like down to speak to everyone. We had big names okay. like B. Simone was there and she, she was like chilling for a little bit afterwards before she had to go. And it was just really cool just to see so many different people not coming from this hierarchy perspective, not being like, what's in it for me, but really like, oh, I love what you're doing. I want to support it. Or, hey, can, can you help me out? Like, it, yeah. it was a really great ex, uh, experience. That's refreshing. That, that's that's good. And I appreciate you for being candid on, on that. I, I want to ask um, for some for some concrete things, right? So some, some next steps mm -hmm. that folks who are hearing you, hearing your story, hearing what you're involved in, you know, what are two, three, four things that a, a creator could implement within their framework, within their runs of show, with, within their uh, system mm -hmm. of processes and things like that, all right, that they can help move this needle? And, and what you're seeing, because you're, you're in the room, you're having those discussions and you're having, I like it, you said you're, you're having those collaborative discussions. So it's not just you regurgitating stuff out. You're sitting around the table, you're having conversations, you're building out lists, you're building out vision, right? You're, you're having the, the planning sessions of how to move the needle and how to do just that good work. What, what are some mm -hmm. things that someone like me sitting in California right now can actually say, I'm going to join with this uh, movement? Yeah, I'm going to join with this movement that uh, Mr. Gander is part of and I can I can literally start doing right now. That's, you know what, you inspired something. I'm going to look up this author's name to make sure I'm quoting it 100% correctly because there's um, a lot you could do. I think first thing that comes to mind, this is true regardless of whatever your goal is in life just with uh, with content. It's really know where you're going, like know exactly like what the end goal is for you. Not necessarily like saying like, oh, have to do this and then I'm done, but just like what direction are you trying to go? Okay. Uh, for me, when I first started out, it was knowing that I wanted to um, – um, just eradicate hair discrimination, make sure that black people had a resource for their, to understand how to grow in their career, um, except to start to embrace natural hair and everything like that. Um, so that's my goal. And that allowed me to follow a path. It, it allowed me to not get swept up with all the noise. You know, there's a lot of different issues, um, that we have to face and challenge and overcome. And it's honestly, it can be overwhelming at times when you sit and it's like, man, like there's so much to do. But knowing where I wanted to go and what was important to me helped me to stay on my path because it was important, it was needed. And like I said before, everyone has a role. But um, there's an author who spoke at Black Writers Weekend actually, Kimberly 
Kimberly Latrice Jones. She has her book, How We Can Win. And she was talking about her book during um, one of her live sessions. She's dropping so many gems just about like how to um, not just like advocate, but take action and community plans and everything. And one person was like, yo, you should write an online, you should create an online course. We need this information. She was like, I wrote the book. You go create the course. I'll record a intro for your course. We'll work together on it. And that really stuck with me. Once she said that, I got chills. I got chills. Yeah, she's amazing. I highly recommend uh, following her, supporting her, everything she does. But she basically just laid the blueprint out. She's like, I did the work to collect this information. If you know how to create an online course, you take that next step. That's your that's that's your rock. That's what you focus on. That's what you create and bring to this world. Use what I brought to you and take it to the next step. So I think as creatives, we have to know one, where do we want to go? What's important to us? Mm. And create something that we know how to create. You know, use your zone of genius, your your intellectual property to create something for yourself and look for ways to collaborate with others to take it even further. Awesome. I will uh, definitely put links to uh, Kimberly's website and to her books in the description. So folks can, can pull those out. Um, that's good stuff right there. I'm, I'm definitely not, not, hopefully you got it on, on audible, on audiobooks. I'm, I'm an audio book hey, person. I, I got, I got it on audiobook actually. Okay, I got okay. it. Let's all watch the dishes. I'm like, hold on, let me yeah, go write you something. You know, I'm, I'm going to be at the gym tonight. And, and if, if she got it on audiobook, I'm definitely going to buy that tonight. So I, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, talk to us about what's next, man. Right. You're, you're doing a lot of things. I know there's a couple of things that are, are still under wraps that you, you can't fully disclose, but uh, I, I know you got your hands in, in a hand in a couple of things and, and you're doing that good work. Tell the folks what you're doing in the short and midterm and then also kind of where they can find you on, online so they can keep up with your story. Yeah. Um, my focus right now is creating support systems for black professionals, really honing in on people who are feeling discouraged in their career. Uh, Cause that's, that's who I was uh, for uh, most of my life. Um, Folks that create support systems that looks like uh, building communities with different people, um, creating more resources like digital resources that people will use to refer back to to help with their career growth. Um, and then also bringing back season two of the Working Well Black live show. And with that, there's a, I wanted to make that more collaborative as well. So the first season was focused on the stories from these leaders. I'm still doing that, but I'm starting to bring in people rising up. So creating these like business spotlight sections for black owned businesses. That's what I'm most excited to talk about. And then also hosting a lot of, uh, starting to host some content strategy workshops. Cause before I was just creating content, would talk about it occasionally on live shows, but now I'm really looking into kind of training and developing uh, people's content creator skills. So those two things, definitely check out bosslocksmedia.com. I'm super active on LinkedIn. I was actually just challenged to be a part of this 100-day post because there's literally 100 days left to the end of the year. So posting every single day. So you'll definitely okay. see me there, Walter Gaynor II, on LinkedIn. Don't be afraid. Hit me up, DM me. Um, in fact, if you DM me with the words, I love James, I will immediately <laughs> respond to you and invite you to take part of whatever it is you want to take part of. Um, but yeah, I'm super focused on... Um, opportunities either developing them or just connecting people with uh opportunities for them to grow things they want to be a part of um, heavy 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 in the podcasting um 
get got to judge with the Black Podcast Awards. Their live show was this Sunday. So um, yeah, diving deeper into podcasting, creating opportunities for people, and just supporting others on their journey. That's too cool. That's cool. Well, what's mostly cool is that I got my own hashtag now. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to take that and, and, and use that. I, I want to have you back uh, in the future and talk specifically about the technology piece of podcasting. Yeah. Right. So, you, you know, yeah. we didn't talk anything about we didn't talk anything about gear. I didn't talk about microphones. I didn't talk. We didn't talk about cameras. We didn't talk about audio equipment and things like that. We, we didn't talk about the infrastructure piece of actually going out there and doing that work. Right. Really wanted to hone in and talk about why we do that work that we do, as opposed to again putting up a whole bunch of Amazon links and saying go out, go out there and buy this Shure SM7B. Okay. Now <laughs> we'll we'll get to that eventually. But right 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 now, let's let's talk to the the why this work and these conversations matter. So I'm, I'm putting that out there. I would love to have you on in the future to, ha to have that conversation as well about how, again, someone inspired by this dialogue who says, you know what, now I want to get out there and I want to utilize these platforms and I want to spread a message or I want to share and do some good. So, okay, so now what what is the gear that, that I have to buy and what is it that, that I can do to, to get me off the, put the right foot. So hopefully- I got a uh, working on a budget list right now for people to get started because you can end up spending like thousands of dollars and not need to spend thousands of dollars. So it's yeah. truth in that. I love, yeah. I'm here for it. Let's that. definitely do it. I love it. I love it. Listen, I'm over here looking. I see my community is, I, I got a pretty nice community on Twitter, right? I, I mm. really do. And, and a lot of them are over there right now. And you know, you guys, you know, you can't comment over there and you can't engage, but appreciate you and shouts out to you for being there. Uh, this session, we are live on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. I'm not Facebook. We're we live on LinkedIn. We're live on YouTube, and we're live on 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 Twitter as well. I am definitely going to parse this up, put it out in my audio podcast because there's some, some significant nuggets that you dropped that I think resonate with folks. Again, without trying to boil the ocean, doing what it is that you can do within your sphere of influence, and then put that dent in the universe. Right. Just to put your own mark out there and then let that resonate out to to folks around you. So, man, with, with that being said, Walter Gaynor, a second, ladies and gentlemen, look at him. You, if, if you not follow him, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, Boss Locks Media <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm going to just drop that mic right there. Boss Locks Media is in the building. I will, again, have all of the links to all of your stuff. And, sir, I appreciate you for everything that you do and keep doing the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everyone listening. Um, don't don't be afraid. Hit me up. I love meeting new people. Love meeting new people. But yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. man. All right, brother. Be good to yourself. Take care. All right. Family, I'll talk all to right. you soon. Be well.